Welcome to Lost in Criterion, the show where I, Lee Adam Glass, and my good friend... John Patrick Dorgan. John Patrick Dorgan, out there in Japan. Talk about the Criterion Collection. I'm in Ohio, by the way. I guess I always introduce you in Japan as if it's if I it's this magical world away from where I am. Yeah, I Don't sound Don't most very people Ohio. in America live in Ohio? <laughs> Probably. Um, anyway, so this week we're talking about uh, Francois Truffaut. Truffaut? 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 Francois Truffaut? No, it's, there's no L. It's not true. I, I, yeah. Hey, you know, Truffaut's 1959... 1959 film, The 400 Blows, um, which uh, is the American translation, which should be apparently Wild Oats if we were doing... <laughs> Sometimes it get translated Wild Oats. I guess the literal translation is just to raise hell. Um, another con- another uh, sort of autobiographical uh, to Truffaut and his friends, from what I've read. Seems much um, more... Um on-the-spot uh, autobiographical, though. Much less than, absurd. Then last week's uh, Alma Cord. Yeah, well, yeah, of also course, I to mention what I'm talking about, yes. yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, certainly true. This one's grittier, realer, more raw. Um, okay, so on that but, topic... Um, okay, go ahead, sorry. Well, one thing one thing I want to see, want to say here, Akira Kurosawa actually called this movie one of the most beautiful films he's ever seen. Um, which I thought was great. Um, yeah. And some background material. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure I really agree with Kurosawa here. It was a beautiful film. I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll go all the way and say it, most beautiful film, but one of. We'll, we'll go with it. Uh, but, but just to note, this really kicked off the French New Wave, um, which is a period of film in France that uh, uh, more realism, uh, kind of, they, they broke from classic movie conventions, um, but really got a little more into America's cinematic style and also um, sort of neorealism is what they called it. Um, this was actually kicked off, and Truffaut says this himself, by an American, though, named Morris Engel, um, who had a movie called The Little Fugitive. He had a few. I've seen The Little Fugitive. And for some reason, it's not part of the Criterion Collection. And I discovered that. Um, and really? I was not at really all? S- out of not all 600, at all. Not, like... It? Like I searched Morris Engel. Well, uh, I, I, maybe their ideas. I, who knows? Not to get into the motivation yeah. of the Criterion Collection too deeply, but possibly the idea is maybe to pick the film that most epitomizes a movement rather than yeah. the film yeah. that started a movement. Maybe, I could maybe. definitely this say really, that this is really spot on for that. Yeah, this started the French New Wave. But but Truffaut, like I said, Truffaut himself credits Engel with starting a style, um, and the Little Fugitive. A little different than this in this, and we get into this in one scene with uh, with the puppet show. But one of Ingle's major major things, it, they're a little more raw, in a sort of not not like a real way, but an under undercooked way. Ingle's films, uh, because he uses fresh faces. He uses there's like, people without acting experience, and he shoots in New York. He shoots on Coney Island. The Little Fugitive takes place on Coney Island, and it's like he didn't even get permits. <laughs> um, it's literally Coney Island's just happening in the background. Uh, people are walking by, people clearly not involved with the film are on the set of the film. Um, and he's using pe- little kids who really don't know how to act, but it, it offers this real natural, weirdly natural thing. And um, on that note, in, in a way, uh, it's, it's interesting in that regard, in that Ingle, clearly an influence on Truffaut here, and 
you know, Truffaut admits that um, Antoine, our main character, is this is his first movie role. Um, okay. The story is that he saw a flyer for the audition on the street and walked in for it. And uh, unlike unlike the actors in The Little Fugitive, Antoine so clearly, naturally, a great cinema actor. Um, okay, which I want to get into because there's a really kind of interesting thing about the fact that like these are children and they're actually pretty decent yeah. at acting. Uh, but yeah. first, we had to start with we forgot. Oh. How do you? What's your How general you, feelings about the film, Adam? Well, it's no Hudson Hawk, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I told what you I'm is, gonna say that every time. No, it's fine. What is I like Hudson it. Hawk? Um, no, I really liked this movie. Um, a lot of things that shoot for gritty. A lot of things marketed as gritty and raw today and more realistic uh, aren't. Um, they're they're just the stylized rawness that still doesn't happen in reality, but at least it's not movie magic, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but this this is really true to life. This this could have been a documentary. Oh from yeah, the way it and feels. it's yeah, it's grittiness from the story rather than grittiness from the way it's shot. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody went into like After Effects and applied a the grittiness <laughs> filter to make it a gritty yes. film. Like it's just <laughs> exactly. gritty. Set. Yeah, no, it's it's very real. It's, yeah. it's very. Yeah, and how did you feel about it, Pat? Um, well, I will definitely say that so far in the five films we've watched, is definitely my favorite. And I will say that it's going in my top, probably top ten films list at this point. Oh, there you go. There I did go. not expect that because I usually there's not a lot of foreign films in that list because I am again <laughs> a, a uh, uncultured boob. But Pat doesn't um, like to read. I, I don't even know French, how to read, so. which makes these subtitle films really <laughs> tough. Um, but no, I just, I, well, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. not being able to read um yeah. one really great thing about this movie is you don't know how to read uh, is that oh. you don't need to no not really everything that happens so true to life and true to experience uh, and it's not not like in this general oh i know what's going on because all of this has happened to me thing i mean i had a pretty un- pretty comfortable upbringing um, yeah we both but, did uh, well except but, for the time uh, i spent in jail in france <laughs> oh yes that was that was bad but uh you shouldn't have been selling that heroin um, uh, anyway, uh, this, uh, you know, the, the school scenes, this, uh, there's just so much emotion in the way it's shot, the way it's delivered, um, but not in this comedic over-emotive way like Amacord had. Um, it's just, it's very real and very true to life. And because of that, you don't necessarily even need to know what exactly is being said. Right. Well, and it's so um, easy to figure out characters' motivations just based on the situation that's been yeah. created for oh, them absolutely. and absolutely. their reactions to it, and like just their behavior is yeah, just so human. And in There's that no regard, explanation is necessary. Yeah. Beyond beyond the school scenes, where obviously it's a lecture, so there has to be lots of dialogue. 
beyond the school scenes, there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie. But here's the interesting thing, is frankly, with the school scenes, if, I'm not sure that if I were a subtitler, I would have even bothered to translate the school scenes at all, because frankly, like, as far as Antoine and all the children are concerned, the man might as well be speaking another language. <laughs> exactly. It's not like they're paying attention. He's anyway. just rambling. I mean, like, his yeah. the lectures are total meaninglessness to him. And then I, which, okay, totally going to go derail, but, like, when the father asks about, asks Antoine, what, you know, what did you study today? And he says, oh, the hair. And the father goes, well, the turtle in the hair? And Antoine's like, no, just the yeah. hair. Yeah, he's... He starts reminiscing about the tortoise and the hare because, you know, it's so meaningless to what it's going to be. And the mother says something about, you know, you're never going to use science or math in, mm. <laughs> in the future anyway. Uh, but it's so meaningless to their existence. And it, sh- it shouldn't be, to be fair. Uh, they, they ought to be paying attention and, and they get a better life. You know, the mother, the mother disregarding science is, is one of my least favorite things that happens in reality. Um, these yeah, people yeah. who are proud, people who are proud of the fact that they never actually use algebra in their normal life, even though their teacher told them that they would. Yeah, it's like well, just because you don't doesn't mean you. It wouldn't be yes, helpful. Exactly. F you, Mrs. Smith. I never, I never used algebra. Right, you said I'd right. use it every day. Um, but, but no. Um, but clearly, you know, if if his father was raised in the same sort of you know, school setting. It didn't stick with him. Well, but I the mean, weird is thing is, is that, like, the, a story that is very meaningful did stick with the father. And the father yeah. as- automatically assumed that that's what they were learning about, was a meaningful story that tells a meaningful moral. But we listened to the entire story of the hare, and frankly, it seems to be rabbit-focused eroticism. <laughs> yes. I'm yes, not it's sure. Very, it's, it's, very clearly, it's very clearly a love poem, and, and as such, our... Our view of the rabbit uh, as 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 the oversexed animal um, plays into that. Yeah. Um, and and I love the kids' reactions just to that. Oh yeah, whenever we so have. funny and so when, and again so true. Yeah. Yeah. So accurate. The one. Yeah. The one kid pretending to make out. Yeah. Um, uh, has his arms wrapped around him. Yeah. Uh, doing the whole hand thing. Um, which really surprised me because this movie was made in 1959, and you know, as far as as far as I'm concerned, that visual. Uh, started with Kimmy Gibbler in, in uh, apparently not <laughs> Full House in 1991. I think her doing that. Um, no, it's it's you know I, I I just didn't realize that people have been doing that for so long. And, and yeah, because why would I? Um, right. It's not like that's that's not like something that gets written down in the history books. And then Alexander the Great pretending to make out with himself. <laughs> right. Did the, <laughs> yeah, like in the notes, like. The liner notes yes. of like whatever some great like historical bibliography, yes. and then yes. Alexander did this really awesome hand thing where he looked like he was making out, but it was just him. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting note. Uh, I was at work on Wednesday, and I watched this Tuesday night, and I walked into work on Wednesday. Crazy coincidence. I really it's the only reason I mention it. Uh, ended up. Uh, doing the mini bar replenishment, which requires me, I work at a hotel, and that requires me to go to every room that was occupied. I walked into room, one room, and Showtime was on, and I didn't even realize we had Showtime, because we should have HBO. Uh, they switched for some reason, and no one knows why. Um, but Showtime was on on a movie called Joe the King, uh, which had Val Kilmer in it, so of course I was obsessed with it, because I'm in love with Val Kilmer. Um, and, uh, 
so clearly, clearly influenced by the 400 Blows. Um, and then I looked it up afterward to figure out what the title was. Um, Val Kilmer plays the dad. He's, he's a much more abusive father. I mean, we get a little bit of abuse in the 400 Blows, just as like a punishment thing, though, because he. Well, yeah. Uh, we Ant- can talk about Antoine that says that his mom died. Antoine says that his mom died, and his father, his father slaps him. Yeah, but it's uh, almost at that point the father's almost not inappropriate. Like, I mean, you know, no, modern no, America no. would be, but the fact his that reaction that is, is very understandable. Yeah, like, um, which I do want to get into the father and mother a bit as soon as you yeah. finish about Val Kilmer, because I know if I interrupt <laughs> you in Val Kilmer, you're probably going to kill me. No, no it, it's interesting, though, in, in looking up information on this film, I, I learned two things. First off, it's directed by a guy named Frank Whaley, uh, who is an actor, a character actor, who's perpetually just, hey, it's that guy, for so many people. He was in a wonderful movie called Career Opportunities uh, with Jennifer Conley, in which they're both locked overnight in a Target store that is being robbed. Uh, early 90s comedy. Great movie. Um, but really surprised that Frank Whaley made a movie that's so clearly evocative of the 400 Blows. Uh, but then Leonard Maltin, in his review of the movie, uh, referred to it as the 800 Blows, just because he, uh, he uh, felt that it was like the obviously inspired by the 400 Blows, but so much more so, because it takes place in modern-day America, uh, where it's a much more, much more abusive environment, uh, physically. I mean, there's a lot of emotional abuse on Antoine, right. but the physical abuse in, in Joe the King, much more out there. Which unfortunately uh, gets so into just, the fact that people get confused about what the meaning of the title 400 Blows actually means, which is not actually yes, referring to punishment, yes. but referring to the actions of the boy, rather than the actions of the parents yeah. and the adult yeah. figures. He's, he's, he's fighting reality, fighting fighting the world, not uh, not being beaten. Um, he's sowing his wild oats, exactly. raising hell. But Anyway, uh, so it, it's just weird coincidence to me that I happen to see a movie... Um, based on this the day after I watched this. Providence. <laughs> but anyway, yes. So, um, let's move away from okay. Val Kilmer. So I have a couple uh, things. I'll still, I'll still be dreamy-eyed for a little okay, bit. Okay, that's but fine. We'll, uh... There's a couple things. First of all, you mentioned earlier the fact that the Antoine is such a natural film actor. And that was one of the things that really surprised me in the film is that I, re- I mean, even have a note in here, is that it's really pretty wonderful acting for children. I mean, yes. not, I, I oh. mean, we all have a lot of evidence that children suck at acting. All you need to do is look at the, a certain set of prequels to a certain science fiction film, and you get all the information you need about child actors. Oh, come on. Jake Lloyd wasn't... Oh, well, funny. the yes, point is, is that, like, oh. this kid's great. He's totally no, believable. Kid is absolutely great. His co-stars... And by co-star, I mean specifically um, his Renee, friend. Yeah, is a little less friends. believable. Yeah, Seems yeah. a little more self-conscious, but Antoine just does a beautiful job. It's yeah. just so yeah. And he's still, not, he's, he's still not Jake Lloyd bad. No, he's not oh, as bad no, as he could even, be. Yeah, the friend is uh, only... Yeah. Just, is just okay compared to Antoine's... The, whoever played... Yes. I forget. What was the name of the actor who played Antoine? I forget. I can't remember any of the actors' okay, names. Okay, well, the point is, is that <laughs> Antoine's actor <laughs> was, much, was amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um... A lot of great, before we get much into anything else, cinematography, a lot of great, great scenes in this movie. Uh, just the opening, though, really, you know, we've got this establishment of it as Paris, obviously. Uh, but the way they do that is just to, like, slowly spiral in. Yeah. I driving on, on the bicycle. streets, but the camera... 
Yeah, the camera constantly focused on the Eiffel Tower as we drive by it, and then we just zoom by it and out into the story. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So, the, one, this, unfortunately, with this film, like there were a, the whole film is just is very beautiful. Like, yeah. And so it's really, for me at least, very hard to pinpoint specific moments that I think, oh, that was great cinematography, because the whole thing is. There's no point yeah. where the camera oh, takes you out of the film. Yeah. You just feel in it. You feel in this boy's world the whole time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No. Completely agree there. Um, and yeah, and, and in that regard, the whole lack of, lack of dialogue... Um, like I said, this movie could be silent. It's not, but the the last the last uh, act, the entire last act, there's even less dialogue. Oh than, yeah, than the like first two thirds of the movie. I think, and the last five minutes of the movie is completely silent. Yeah, and well, you don't I even mean, really. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I mean, there's background audio, yeah. but well, and the fact of the matter is, is that like you don't notice it at all. The fact that the dialogue's yeah. gone, like now that oh, you mention it, like I'm like, oh. Wait, you're right. They didn't talk. But yeah. basically, once they get into the juvenile correction center, there's like five lines. Yeah. For the re- that's the, um, the whole rest of the film has like five lines. The mom being basically, a, pardon my French, a bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, the, the friend, well, no, the friend doesn't talk because he can't get through no, it. No, he in. just shrugs because he can't get There's in. the statement about by the kid who was caught escaping saying, like, I had five days, or the greatest five days ever. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there's the conversation, the conversation with the, uh, with the shrink. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, that's pretty yeah. long. Yeah. And that is, that is long, but it's, it's like, it's, it's, all of the dialogue takes place in that. And, you know, that's just, that's just kind of like background stuff. And it's not even necessarily needed, because we already know who he is and what he is. Yeah, and we already time. know, we, I mean, we don't know the exact details, but we already know why he's screwed yeah. up. Or yeah. actually, in yeah. my We've mind, he's not really life. that screwed up. I mean, in the <laughs> end, we get no. into this, if, and you kind of—I found myself wondering, not to like jump ahead too far, but you know, after the final scene, well, what happens to him? Because yeah, he doesn't seem broken. No, there doesn't seem to be any wrong with it, this kid, other than the fact that everybody's overreacting to childish behavior. Yeah. Well, um, in in that regard, uh, you know, if this is really autobiographical and this is really true to Truffaut's we know uh, what happens upbringing, to <laughs> uh, we know what happens That's when true. he becomes a movie director. And in you know, he was twenty seven when this came out. Yeah, which it blew my mind because I was thinking, I was doing yeah. the math in my head, and it's like this takes <laughs> place in fifties, uh, or what well, takes place in what uh, what time? I forget. Um, early, uh, probably early forties. Yeah, I would say right. Not necessarily. It might take place in '59, even, and then, even like, the way it's... And then the year it's released, I, yeah, I did the math in my head. I'm like, man, yeah. this guy's young. Yeah, he is young. I looked, at, I looked at when he was born, and he was 27 when this came out. And if it's true to his experience, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I'm 27. I've not done anything like this. It made me feel bad. Yeah, it's it makes true. me feel bad um, now. Now that you bring it up. Thanks. Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you sad. Um, but yeah, just amazing director, amazing writer. Everything about this. Awesome. Yeah, I, this is um, a film that is going on a list of films that will probably get bought by me if I can ever find it. Yes. Yes. Well, if you need me to mail it to well, you. Well, yeah. I don't want to get into that right now. But yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, it's yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely on my list of films that, like, wow. Everybody I meet, I who says anything yeah. about liking film, I have to be like, we'll, be, well, have you seen this? You should we'll watch. We'll be talking about this. We'll be talking about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so I wanted to get into the parents, okay? Because okay. there's a, an interesting thing that we talked about. You mentioned briefly the fact that the father slaps him after he says that his mother is dead. And how, yeah. really, in our minds, that is not an overreaction to that thing. That w- to what no, he not really. Like, yeah, these days in modern America, slapping a kid is not appropriate, period. But he deserves to be punished. I mean, he did a thing that's terrible. He claimed that his mother's dead. But yes, no. until that point, a little bit after that, when he robs or steals the typewriter, what we don't realize is that the father and him have a pretty good relationship, as far as I'm concerned. The father has been, as far as I can tell, in what we see, a pretty good father figure. He's kind yeah. to him, and, and he, they joke around in the way that fathers and sons should, but the father yeah. is also serious with him when he does things that he shouldn't do, yeah. and doesn't seem to and overreact it's, it's, to things. But then, and the mother is terrible. The mother is the worst human, yeah. must got to be the worst mother ever. And all this relationship, and then we find out after we see all of this that the person who is nice to him is not even his actual father. Not his actual father. Yeah. And the the only blood relationship relation we see in this film to him is the one who treats him like garbage. Yeah. Like a a slave who doesn't do what they're supposed to. Yeah. To to the point where I'm not even sure. You know, just because it's so vastly different from the way we've characterized him at the toward the end when she's meeting him in the prison and he talks about first off the kid Antoine writes the letter to his dad, not to his mom. Mm. He writes a letter to I his dad. I don't think the dad ever got it. And and yeah, and she says she says you know it was foolish of you not to think that he'd show it to me, and he never wants to talk to you again. And, you know, immediately segues into, and now the neighbors are talking, and there's all this rumor, and we never want to see you again. Yeah. Um, well, and, just, and statements about and, how And don't bother, don't bother dream. sending another letter to him. And, and, and my only thought the, the entire time was like, that's, she opened the letter, and yeah, dad never saw that it. Is, because that man is not a bad that man. Is, you can that see is not his how sympathy for his, son, for his adopted son even in the police station like he's looking for like work camp or some but not like in a cruel way he's looking for like somewhere to put his son that isn't where he is now that isn't prison yeah that isn't prison and like you know the wikipedia and like some of the commentary on this discusses like the fact that like you know the father um you know kind of does this cruel thing to make him spend the night in jail but i think i don't think that's the father's cruelty Exactly. Like, I don't feel like the father yeah. says, like, you know, I want to put my son in jail. I feel like more it's like, I'm going to turn you in, and then I'm going to help get the help of the police and the judge to sort out what to do with you. To make yeah. your life... Yeah, it's, because it's obviously like, school is not working for you. It's like one of those punishments where your dad finds out the kid's smoking, so he makes him smoke an entire right, of cigarettes. Exactly. It's like... This, it's, it's, it's trying to be this scared straight thing. Right. Not, not, and, and it seems yeah. like it would work and frankly like you see at the end the mother sort of cutting off the son's communication to his stepfather but or adopted father but really in the yeah. end you, I don't get the impression that the father at any point didn't want 
wanted to cut off communication to the son. Like more like yeah. he wanted to find a place yeah. to put his son where he has some sort of chance of success. Because the father even is discussing with the police commissioner or whatever, this head police officer, that like, you know, a work camp where he'll learn a trade sounds really great. <laughs> but yeah. then this kid yeah. finds himself in a juvie detention yeah. thing instead. Yeah. And yeah. like I guess For whatever for whatever the promise is and the fact that it's near the ocean, um, which which the mother does, you know, in one very caring moment, request that it be the only caring moment she has. Oh yeah. Request request that that it be near the ocean, and and the the police commissioner <laughs> says, uh, "What this isn't a vacation, and it's clearly not a vacation." Well, and the weird thing is, is that being near the ocean has no practical effect on their life there. It's yeah. not like they get to go yeah. to the ocean once in a while. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but but one thing, you know, the the whole prison it's not terrible no. the way we're viewed, and and I read I read on Wikipedia that that it was in part supposed to be commentary on that sort of juvenile detention, but it's not a hugely bad place, but it's still dehumanizing. Uh, if we watch the way it's shot, everything in the back, everyone he interacts with, save the one guy at lunch who yells at him and makes him sit in the corner and stand in the corner to eat. Everyone who interacts is a disembodied hand or a disembodied voice. Mm-mm, that's um, true. Yeah, you know, when he's in pri- the first day, he's handed this cup of coffee through the door. Um, you know, he's handed his food through the door. Um, the shrink we never even see. She's just this voice asking questions. It's you know, there's no humanity to it. And that's really, that's all the farther we go as far as this being a bad place. Obviously, he wants to escape, but he wants to escape, he wanted to escape his life, period. Well, so and it's the not... weird thing is, is, yeah, it's a dehumanizing place, but at the end, like, I, you're watching it, and I found myself thinking, well, compared to what he was putting up with before, this is actually pretty it's nice. It's not that bad. I mean, like, yeah. there's one dude yelling at him for starting eating his bre- his meal early, but, like, he isn't, he, the slap was a bit much, but, like, yeah. I mean, otherwise, I mean, eating, starting eating before everybody else gets there is not something that should be accepted in, like, yeah. an organized school environment. And beyond that, like, you just sort of, everything else that he does, he plays sports, he goes to class, it's sort of like, yeah. wow, this is not, compared to, like, the crap that was going on in his life, I mean, like, the teacher and the school life at his real school in Paris was much worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, his teachers in that school life are much more reactive and terrible. So, yeah. I don't know. It's sort of, yeah. like, almost hard to see it as a commentary on um, yeah. on yeah. juvenile correction, I mean, but, but more on a commentary on, like, just bad parenting and, like... <laughs> yeah. By no means is this a bad place. No. Or, I mean, it's not a good place. It's oh, not yeah, a great but... place. It's not a place... It's not a place anyone would want to choose to be. But it's not... No, it's not like they're locking him in the dungeon at night. Right, and it's <laughs> not like he's really seems to be suffering. Other than just yeah. the, the natural yeah. suffering of wanting freedom that he can't have. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it really interesting, and I, I really have no idea why this was in the movie. Um, but, but since we're talking about that end of the film, um, really interesting, the little girls who are always playing on the field when they go to play soccer and someone comes by and in puts them in their own little cage. Uh, I mean, I assume I assume the idea is that 
you know, the authorities are afraid that these older boys will do something to the little girls, so they need to be kept away uh, and separated. But why not, like, take them inside or I something? Know. I know, and I was, like, <laughs> really, like, found myself thinking, like, okay, this is a boys' school for juvenile delinquents. There's no yeah. other female there other than our disembodied, yeah. uh, disembodied uh, psychiatrist voice. <laughs> yes, the disembodied psychiatrist. So, like, I find myself wondering, like, I, I was like, are these delinquents? No, these have to be, like, the family members no. of the people who work there, which just makes their yeah, being locked exactly. in a cage just that more absurd. <laughs> ridiculous why not bring them yeah. inside that was that was that was one of the few the few disconnects i had with this movie i think was just why and and they never interact so there's really no reason for them even to be in the movie except to maybe try to humanize the the workers a little bit yeah but it doesn't but we could have done that differently and we've already gone out of our way to dehumanize them to just make them these disembodied things right and it's almost like it's there to machine. confuse you as to why these children are being locked in a cage maybe yeah maybe maybe it's purposely there just to be confusing but but yeah so it's great um <laughs> there's a lot of wonderful things yeah in this like movie. talking That's, about just random sort of wonderful things that are a little bit disconnected do you remember the jogging scene where they go out and about it's pretty early in the film yes I, that was it was yes. very funny but it was a, and everyone, everyone yeah, just and sort by of the time peels they get off. to whatever they're like, there's two kids walking directly behind the teacher. Yes. I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. I enjoyed that. No, oh, it was great. It was great. Fizz Ed in Paris. It's wonderful. Yeah, um, yeah. His first school was definitely, definitely terrible. Um, there's a lot of great moments of humor in that first school scene too, like the little kid uh, taking his taking notes on the hair. And he keeps messing up the the ink. His oh pen yeah, broke yeah. Or whatever. And, like by the time so he gets done, he he's tears like, out the sheet. He has goes, this look on his face he's with got... one sheet of paper left. He's like, ah, I give yes. up. Ah, oh, shoot. Yeah, <laughs> almost slapsticky. Yeah, there, really. Um, There's a few moments of that yes, sort of slapstickiness a little bit. Yeah, but it's 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 kids' humor. It's how kids yeah, are. Yeah, well, I mean that you could, and especially if yeah. you have a teacher who relentlessly makes you take notes. Oh yeah, and with a fountain oh, yeah. pen, like the chances are pretty high that you're going to find yourself in a situation like that. I suppose so. Yes. No, absolutely, absolutely. I really, I, I liked as well. Um, Renee, his friend, when he stays with him, uh, it's very clear that you know Renee is is shown as like he's better off, he's rich, he's got this huge house, this huge room. I mean, Renee's room is bigger than Antoine's apartment, oh, substantially larger. <laughs> substantial horse in it uh, sake. there is there is a horse in there um, and uh, but at the same time his parents are like the exact same yeah it's really... his father's rich but he spends all his time he spends all his time at the track at the track just like just well, like and it's really dad. crazy uh, his mom that like they're painting him as like so better adjusted but like they're yeah. mentally speaking and and like emotionally developed yeah. emotional development speaking like in the exact same place yeah. they're both basically yeah, and he's not kids living alone yeah they're kids living alone and, and like you said they plan to run away together I mean they're looking for money to get out together and, what, well, and the weird thing is, is honestly um, I would say that in a certain amount in a certain small way Antoine is better off than Renee because Antoine's adopted father does care yeah at least he has interactions, like, like caring like interactions. Like, Renee's interactions, like, uh, are with his father are practically identical to uh, Antoine's interactions with his mother. 
It's like, oh, good evening. Yeah. I gotta go. See you later. Yes, exactly. Like, he, he, he shows up and, and well, Rene, you know, purposely turns the clock ahead to get rid of him because he wants to get food to Antoine. Um, still, this guy hears the clock and thing and, oh, it's already track. 9.30, I need yeah. to get going to a club. He's just, he's just gotten back from the track, presumably, and now he's going to his social club um, at 9.30 at night where presumably he'll be there night. the rest of the night. And he is there quite late until he walks in on them. Well, and then his um, reaction when he walks in is just so... Like, I guess, you know, it's that kind of, like, the kids. what you would think of as, like, the cool parent. But in reality, he's just yeah. negligent. Subtract yeah. your cigar yeah, cool money from your is. allowance. Yeah. And... I take three cigars out of your allowance, and you drink this entire bottle of alcohol, but I won't mention it. And then <laughs> I see your friend's sneakers sticking out of the back of the bed. But I'm just going <laughs> to ignore it because I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> we'll just ignore that because I don't want to put in the effort to deal yeah, with it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's so, like... In reality, Antoine's fan like, not his family, because his mother is, as we said, a terrible person. Yeah. But his his family in general, the sum total, is more interested and engaged in him than his, than Renee's. But somehow Renee is better off. Yeah. Because he has money. Well, right. And, yeah, exactly. And basically because yeah. they decided to steal Antoine's father's typewriter and not somehow... And not just take the nest egg out Right. Of, yeah. uh, like, we could have totally ended up with a different... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a weird way to go. It's almost... You know, Renee's still... He's the bad influence, and they're talking about running away together, but I think Renee's still covering his own oh, yeah. there. Renee could have helped. Because he... Uh, he, he could have yeah. said He doesn't something. want to take it. His parents' money because he's yeah, rich. Yeah, he doesn't um, want to ruin a good thing. Yeah. Sneak in, like, $10 out every so often or whatever. Speaking of the jail... Or speaking of that, sort of after the tiebreaker, I would like to point out that I do believe he was locked in... That Antoine was locked in jail with time-traveling Jude Law. <laughs> it might the have been. The guy is it very well might have identical. It's possible that Jude Law is just a mortal. Uh, yeah, I'm considering it. Changes um, his name once every so often. Has to fight other Highlanders once yeah. in a while. Yes. So that can be only one. <laughs> Maybe he's just been kept alive because uh, it's it's Jude Law clones being used as I don't know. I saw that. I was like, it, what? Eh? Yeah. This means that either really Jude does. Law is like and 80 years old, a clone, or an alien. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Or time travel. I really, there's an interesting part in that scene, uh, in in that in that time traveling Jude Law uh, sleep on his cot while Antoine kind of sleeps on the floor, but it's such a small hole oh, yeah. that even Antoine, who can't be that tall, right, he's probably like uh, five foot like, something, has his neck like bent all out of shape because he can't sleep all the way across. But then the girls arrive, whatever, I guess they're arrested prostitutes or not, but they get put in the same holding cell as time-traveling But they Law, take Antoine and out. And Antoine gets moved. That's weird. He gets, yeah, he gets moved to just, like, this standing cell that looks like, it looks like it's like a closet that you might hang your coat right, right, in. Like just a telephone to be mode. made out of the same mesh. Yeah. Um, and he just, he gets to stand Yeah, because there's not even space uh, for him to, like, do anything else. Yeah. Yes. I think there might be. Yeah, a Yeah, I think bench he does sit down, too, but like the point is, is that that's all yeah. he can do: is stand up or sit down. And it's like, why did you lock yes, the child exactly. away from the prostitute? Yes. It's really a weird, yeah, thing. And then, they, like yes. ten minutes later, they yeah. all get dumped into the the paddy wagon together. 
Like, what yes. was the point of all that? So there was really, there was no, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It was weird. Um, yeah. Sorry, so, my Jude Law, time travel on Jude Law tangent. <laughs> you, you definitely, uh, you definitely got me out of there. Um, one, one great, uh, one great visual scene I really loved and amazed that, uh, amazed that they did this in 59 and it actually worked out visually. Um, when Antoine is in the Total World. Oh, yeah. Um, that's pretty impressive. And we're get. I mean, obviously there's this visual metaphor of, of life blurring around him and everything spinning out of control. Uh, but but the actual visuals of that visual metaphor, because uh, we get uh, we get the shots of him moving around from above it. And it's clearly, obviously, you know, it's 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 got to be that a camera's mounted. Oh in yeah, that because contraption. I don't think this is. Spe- um, there's no special effect here. I don't think this is just somehow somebody found a really clever way to like mount it. a camera without getting so much shaking that it would like ruin the image. Yeah, yeah. I really I need to look into how they actually did that. I mean, the scenes where we're seeing Antoine could have been recreated outside, mm-hmm. uh, but the scenes from his point of With view, the spinning? Oh, where we're no. seeing yeah, the crowd not, spin... I don't think that's a special effect. I think that's real. I don't... Yeah, yeah. I, re- I hope it's real. Well, it's, you can almost tell by the fact certainly. that like the central post in the middle is properly visible, yeah. and the outside is just a blurry mess. Like, the camera yeah. can't keep yeah, up with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's... Oh, yeah, and, and you know, as as the metaphor of this, you know, the spinningness. What and it's and, <laughs> and this is a spinning he actually. Yeah, and he's enjoys, smiling at funny. this. He's basically yeah. smiling at this like metaphor the only time, of the only time being his life being completely out of control. Yeah. He enjoys it. Yeah, it's the only time he's, oh, yeah. he's seen smiling really. Um, yeah, and they spend they spend the day out. That's when they skip school, and when he sees his mother. Kissing another Which man. I, I was, uh, yeah, like I wonder, you know, that's such a weird scene. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not weird. Like, I mean, it establishes the mother is a yeah liar. I like the payoff on that though, because um, later when Dad comes in and they're cooking dinner, and uh, he says, uh, "Your mother's not going to be here." And Antoine's immediate reaction is as, oh, has she left yeah, us? Yeah, right. But not not with any sort of concern or fear. No, Antoine does not. Like, it's like, like the father and son yeah. do have a sort of conversation about the, like, sort of the fact that his father points out, like, oh, your mother loves you. And you like, we all know. No, she doesn't. Like, we're yeah. all, we yeah. all know, including, I think, the dad. Like, yeah. She yeah, doesn't. she doesn't love him. She doesn't care about his well-being. I mean, like, that's what you kind of... I feel like one of the notes I have here is that, like, I find it amazing that throughout the film, the whole film, we don't seem to find anybody who is at all concerned about making him a better person or fixing any yeah. of the problems with him. Everybody's either there to punish yeah. him or it's... get him out of the way. Yeah. But Except for his dad. dad. His dad kinda. is concerned. Except for his dad. But his dad is, sort of seems to be adrift. Doesn't really know. His dad can't get his own life together. Yeah. And he's buying racing I lamps mom, and stuff. It, I, Fog lamps and stuff. I think his mom is pretty spot on about about dad, though. You know, he's kind of the shiftless. Uh, yeah. You know, he doesn't know what he's doing. He has no no. Yeah, the dad is. But, I mean, the dad is a good person. 
But in the end, like, yeah. the dad's so lost that there's nobody making a good effort to make Antoine into a respectable human being. Like, the, the teachers are not concerned with it. His mother's not concerned with it. You know what I mean? Like, there's nobody in this universe that yeah. cares other than his dad, and certainly nobody capable of making a positive change for Antoine. It's just depressing, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, and the only time his mom seems concerned about, uh, besides trying to get him uh, in the ocean, which doesn't make any sense because it's not like he's going to go to the go to the ocean anyway. Though he does, obviously, and that's that's great. Yeah. That final scene, but uh, the other time she she's so concerned about his schoolwork when she, you know, tries to tries to you know I'm not much different than you speech while he's in bed and gives him the bath and then bribes him and says if your essay is within, your French essay is within the top, you know, five five uh, percent of the class, I'll give you a thousand francs, which is what, yeah, ten who bucks. Knows? I'm going to call it ten dollars. Yeah. My yeah. mental math made it ten I'll give you a thousand. To make it just easy yeah. to understand. Yes. Um, and I thought it, I thought it really really great that the very next scene it's so indicative of what I believe the the stereotype I have of French film the next scene him preparing for his essay is smoking a cigarette and reading Balzac right but I like I like that this little boy this boy who everybody says yeah. is, a, is, a, is a useless hunk of crap read that and took it that much to heart yeah. because he's not he's preparing oh, yeah. but he's not preparing he because, like, when you get into the next day of class, they're like, you know, the essay seems to, by the teacher seems to be randomly chosen based on the teacher's whims, right? So he's preparing yeah. because he's like, oh, I want to improve my writing, so I'm going to become well-read. But, like, he just takes the message yeah. in, that, in that story to heart and then thinks that, yeah. like, and he, and he remembers right. it word to work. And, like, word when you word. think about it, this kid's amazing. Like, when you really sit yeah. down and think about it, it's like, yeah, he plagiarized, which for his, someone his age should not be a removed from school offense. It should be a yeah. well, do it well, again, what, don't ever do it again. What it seems to me, picking up on there, I don't think I don't think the problem is that he plagiarized. Because, uh, obviously, I mean, he, he quoted word for word the Balzac, but the, the essay was supposed to be about the Balzac. Um... And, you know, it talks about his grandfather dying. Um, I think the problem, what he's actually being accused of there, is physical plagiarization. Uh, that he had the Balzac Right, right, with. yeah. It's a little bit vague as to so what So it's the not that he quoted it, because, yeah, what the teacher asked his... The teacher talks to Rene sitting beside him, and Rene says, well, he didn't have the book out. He, I mean, he didn't cheat. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think there's a slight... Slight translation problem in calling it plagiarism. Yeah, I got a little bit lost. As, I wasn't as as sure because, like, like, yeah, yeah, like, I was also confused because I was not aware that the the lesson was the essay was supposed to be on the Balzac. I just wasn't. I yeah, didn't, yeah, I'm not real clear on that either. Hey, but the point is, is the kid's actually obviously quite intelligent, and yeah, basically their yeah, reaction you, was you find something he can relate to, and, he and gets their reaction is to treat him like crap for doing a good job with it. One way or the yeah. other, even if he plagiarized it, it's clearly he only plagiarized the last... Even if it is plagiarism, he only plagiarized, like, four sentences. Yeah. Which, yeah. Would, if you and, consider and the rest of the article is fantastic, it's like, whoa, he did a great job. 
Yeah. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't right, have he shouldn't them, be going to yeah. the principal's yeah, office yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then he runs away, and then he goes to Yeah, and basically that's where it really all falls apart completely. Yeah. Um, another note that I have that's kind of on the same topic, kind of about the fact that, like, nobody cares, I find it really interesting. I don't know what the time period of this film is, like, how, I mean, like, how long it's supposed to take, but it appears to all be taking place on a backdrop of Christmas, which I find is, I guess, maybe, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's, that's a legitimate sim or autobiographical element, or if that is just to further emphasize the fact that in this season, that is supposed to be, you know, yeah. nobody There's cares. no compassion. Yeah, nobody says, like, yeah, no oh, it's Christmas time. Are we going to treat this kid like this? They, I mean, you see, like, angels yeah. in the background and all this imagery of Christmas combined with just total lack of caring. And I guess, I, again, I don't know if this is real, like this, these events that he's portraying took place at this time, or if it's just to emphasize well, the element. Even if they did, the fact that he emphasizes it is, is to say something like Right, that, and nobody certainly. even talks about the fact um, that it's Christmas. Ever. Yeah, Nobody's like, there. you know, no one mentions gifts, no one mentions the Christmas season at all, but yeah. it's obviously Christmas. Yeah. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not it's not overbearingly Christmas, which is a great a great choice on the director's but part. But yeah, it's totally it's noticeable. Like, yeah, like it's not know. he doesn't hit you in the yeah. face with it. It's not like we're not talking like a na- National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation sort of thing. But like, yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. the backdrop is Christmas, a Christmas where there appears yeah. to be no Christmas. He's obviously not going to get any presents. He's there's no, their family's not making any preparations for Christmas that you could see. Yeah. And like, and this is not. I don't think. Hopefully, not be us being like absurdly American and like saying, like, oh, other people don't celebrate Christmas the way you do." I don't think they care or notice that it's Christmas in the way they treat him, but also in their universe. This is a holiday that yeah. nobody in the film seems to even mind is coming or is there. Exactly. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a. It's the season of giving, but there's no yeah, there's, there's no, no yeah, there's no, no compassion. There's and just, a, I mean, there's no and even the father who we, as we've stated, seems to be the only, basically the only redeemable adult character in the entire film, is yeah, doesn't notice either. He's obsessed with his Michelin guide, yeah. and has totally missed the fact that yes. it's Christmas, or. I mean, we again, we don't know exactly what day Christmas is in this universe that we're watching, but you would expect at some point yeah. somebody would say Merry Christmas or Oh, Christmas is coming or something. Something. Yeah. But nobody does. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, just, just the windows just of the stores and everything tell us it's Christmas. And the yeah, it's just yeah. weird. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Um. I also think it's a, it's a little weird to me. Um, during the psychologist scene, uh, Antoine describes, you know, she asks why he returned the uh, typewriter. And I think he lies to her. Because uh, he says that he couldn't sell it, so he thought, you know, I don't want to keep this around. Um, and, and obviously, as the other kid says, 
stealing a typewriter. It's a worse idea. Worst idea because they're they're all yeah, serial. Yeah, there's no It's an, so, a crime you can't get away yeah, with. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but I think from actually watching it happen, it really feels like he has some sort of remorse. Obviously, it only happens because he can't sell it, or because because the guy right. tried to steal and he, it. And yeah, he obviously he does realize that he's never going to be able to sell it. But yeah, he he could have just yeah. chucked it. But at the same time, yeah. He could have gotten rid of it, but he takes it all the yeah. way back. And, you know, he's already determined he's... He's already run away. He's determined that he's never going home. But he takes... He, he still takes his father's typewriter all the way back to right. his Right, well, and I think it also is a is a supposed to maybe be a statement about his father. There's only one person that, in the whole... Other than his friend Rene yeah. in this whole universe that Antoine cares about. And it's his father. Absolutely. And I think that yeah. remorse does yeah. build doesn't... inside of him. Yeah. It's remorseful that he's stolen from yeah. his dad. The only person who cares that's why he him. wants to take it all the way back. All the way back so his dad doesn't know he's yeah. stolen from him. Doesn't think about it and he, you know, nothing's, nothing's happened. And then, you know, by sheer coincidence, he's when I, and I love that. putting yeah, it back. Yeah, totally, like, a totally... Unrelated, sort of only vaguely related. I love the character who catches him because the statements that character makes implies that somehow this character has finally decided to not like get drunk in the basement and actually decided to do his job. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna show them. Like how many, you start wondering, like how many, how much stuff has been stolen from this office? <laughs> no, absolutely. No, he's a great character. Like, how many, how many typewriters have walked out of this office, dude? And then you, and then you're gonna call Every it on other the, the one time you do anything about it is the time when somebody's actually returning stolen property. Yes, yes, no, it's great, it's great. So yeah, no. <laughs> no the only great. other thing I want I that I have in my notes that's like really where I want to talk about is so at the very beginning where where it hits the fan for Antoine really sort of is when his the other kid in his class turns him in, right? Like to his father. And I yeah. cuz there's no other reason he wouldn't have gotten away with it. I, I mean other than the fact that he decided to tell him that his yeah. father or his mother's dead. That's a terrible excuse, but yeah. But the the whole skipping school. The only reason his parents are at the right, school right. the next day aren't because they found out that he you know, said his mom was dead. Until they, they don't get find there, out yeah. that until they're talking to him. Um, it's because he was missing, and the kid stopped by and said, "said Oh, he's yeah, and yesterday. Just wanted to make all, sure." Yeah, all I can say, I, my note says jerk. specifically that kid's an asshole. <laughs> and like, yeah, <laughs> they poke fun at him, but the thing is, is he also really seems to deserve it. Like, like, yeah. Oh, he's definitely he's well, definitely a brown nose for sure. Even seems worse than that. Like, I mean, it's not even like he's trying to get along with the teacher. He's like actively malicious towards his fellow students. Yes. And no. I, I, I my other note is, is I wish he would get hit by a car. No, because he's he's hopping across <laughs> the street. He skips. And he does he does this terrible thing to his classmate, and then he's like skipping with joy afterwards across the street. And I'm like, man, one of these cars better hit this kid. Yes. No, I mean, and like, oh, yeah, I don't know. No. It's just one of those things where, like, you you start to get the impression that probably this kid 
is what every adult in the story wants Anton to be. And like this kid's a oh, he always awful is. child. No, that's 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 a character. That is that is a character that exists yeah. everywhere. It is it is the the kid every parent wants your kid to be because he's the one who's uh he's uh he positions himself as Yeah, the and then like because because and, like, he's this the good stuff child. about like where'd you get these glasses? And like, I bought them. It's like uh, you awful like because i mean like they're like did you pilch money from filch mom money from your parents and like, no this kid didn't his parents just buy him this stuff no and his hair is so yeah. neat and he wears a hood yeah. for no freaking reason just hate this kid yes. and uh, he does that he, i love that they always call the teacher yeah, mr no, salad too. i don't even no, know the teacher's don't. real name it's good that way though because again like the universe of that school that they create in the story is very is a little more abstract than the rest of the story. Like this is just the embodiment of bad school, instead of like probably yes. real characters. Whereas the rest of the film seems to be more like these are real people that he interacted with. Whereas like Professor Sourpuss is probably the best recollection he can have towards whatever his teacher was like, you know, and, yes. and stuff like that. And then like the English teacher, which is like all these sort of. They're the, they're the most absurd characters in the film. They're the closest thing to a, a caricature that we get. But having been on the yeah. other side of the teaching yeah. no. thing, I also kind of feel bad for Mr. Sourpuss. Because, like, no, these no, kids no, are yeah, also it, awful. Yeah, I mean... Like, the kids are awful. I mean, if you've ever worked with kids for an extended period of time, it's really easy to slowly lose your grip on your sanity. No, I understand that. That's uh, why I stopped. And my you just sometimes degree. want to just <laughs> yell at him. It's like, Ugh. you know, I'm doing this because yeah. you need to learn this stuff, not because I love to tell you about this stuff. And you know, so it's as a teacher, it's a little hard not to sympathize with him at certain points. So like, you know, you know, he's punishing them yeah, no, I, not directly in most situations, not for being for just misbehaving, and his punishments are not too awful except for when he suggests that we he always jumps to kicking kids out of school like on a hourly basis but yeah but it's but it's the it's the reactions of right but things teacher. like you know you, you, recess is a privilege not a right stay in here these are yeah. normal things they're not particularly cruel in any way yeah, yeah, yeah I don't exactly. feel that he's the teacher is excessively cruel he's just not very good at his job so yeah Certainly true. All right, one last thing okay. I want to talk about then, um, the ending. Oh, we yeah. mentioned briefly, uh, the last five minutes, they're playing soccer, and Antoine runs, dives under the fence. He is chased, but he loses the guy chasing him. And we get we get the last five minutes with no dialogue uh, whatsoever. He's just running, he's running, and he makes it to the ocean, which we've already established he's never seen the ocean. The mother says that. Um, so this is his freedom. And... We know, you know, from from the other kid who escaped, and he spent five days on the lam. We know, you know, Antoine's not going no, to be gone. No, he's going to get caught, especially since he ran to the ocean and he's just hanging out. He's going to get caught. Yeah. And, but, and, and that very last shot, he turns straight at the camera, but it's still this sort of, oh, they're on to me mm. sort of look. Um, 
or maybe maybe not oh they're on to me but making sure they're not you know he will be caught but still all he's wanted to do is right see and it. like you get the impression from that scene that, like he this is the only the second time of contentment we see ever he achieved yeah. his goal yeah. it doesn't this matter is, if he gets caught this is him achieving his goal this is his right. this is his freedom and and like the other kid says that five days on the land is worth it this it doesn't matter at this point if anyone right. is caught he could be caught right. immediately he after five the days. he needs this one moment at the beach yeah. he needs to see this ocean yeah and that's it and it's 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 very satisfying to get him there a little sad that we realize obviously he's oh, still yeah. going back to back to the juvie but uh but no um it's sad that he's going back to juvie, but it's kind of also nice that like he doesn't care. Like th- that's not relevant. Yeah, exactly. To him, he's got exactly. the one thing he's dreamed yeah. about. Exactly, exactly. He's gotten what he wanted, and now he can whatever they do to them. Right, he's, he's got, got that memory wants. and that. Yeah, so. it's a part of him now. Yeah, that's great. Um. Fun fact, apparently Antoine returns in three other movies in a sort of Antoine uh, series uh, that Truffaut makes. Um, so if you're ever interested in what happens to him later, you can go back. Same actor every time, from what I've read. Uh, I've not why seen not any use of so Why not use an actor that good. good again? You know? He's great. Yeah, exactly. He's a great actor. So, you know, even with this being his first role. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful actor. So... You know, great yeah. movie, like wonderful I said, one movie. One of my new favorites again. Uh, yeah, definitely one of my new favorites as well. Uh, next week we're talking about Beauty and the, the Beast. Nineteen. Uh, so Come back. That is yes, the nineteen forty six uh, version directed by Jean Cateau. Uh, not any other adaptation because there's oh, a lot of oh, them. Oh man, um, good thing you told me that because I think I yeah. rented the Disney one. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Um... We'll get into it, but Cateau's version clearly uh, very influential on yeah, every definitely. other adaptation of the tale, including but the Disney But that's one. for next week. 